0: Live, (laughs) how do you answer that? Did you pack your lunch or ride the bus?
1: Yeah,
0: hey, everybody, welcome to a very special edition of Pro Tour Talk with Steve Dodge. I'm Steve Dodge. It is uh March 14th. Hey, is it Pi Day? It is Pi Day and St. Patrick's Day. I don't know if that's true. Oh, anyway. So we've got a a lot of stuff to go over, and we have 45 to 50 minutes to do it because this podcast is going to be one of the fastest, most action-packed, information-filled podcasts you've ever listened to or watched. If you have any comments, please feel free to put them in the YouTube chat. We'll get to them at the end. So a couple of quick things this week. First of all, I put out a Facebook poll. I put out two Facebook polls. Um, two versus the field is a new feature that I want to do. And I'll ask the field. The, uh, we'll have some special guests here today, maybe. And we'll ask them what they think. But two versus the field. We said, would you take Ricky Wysocki at, or Paul Macbeth versus the field? 45% of you said you'd take Ricky or Paul. 55% said you'd take the field. Just for funsies, I said, okay, would you take Simon Lazotte or James Conrad versus the field. And lo and behold, 55% said that they would take Simon or James and only 45% would take the field. Very interesting. The number one and 1A players in the world, 45%. Number four and I don't know what what, uh, Simon or James is. I don't know. They're like four and 10 in the world. Those guys are 55%. What an interesting turn of events we've already had this early in the season. So maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more, but it's definitely some fun fodder for while you're sitting at the sports bar watching the live broadcast. Speaking of which, if you want to watch live broadcast, go to our watch parties page, find a local place to enjoy. And uh, and you can win some prizes and get some more prizes for that bar or store or club and make make them uh, make it more exciting for more people to watch the sport. So. With that, we're going to run through uh, real quick pro tour news from the last couple of weeks. We have had a policy update. There is now a smoking ban. We're following the PDGA's smoking ban for majors and national tour events. This will now apply also to pro tour events. So uh, you can go to our website, dgpt.com, click on the news feed and just you can read that policy update. Uh, it, again, it's just following the PDJ policy. We think we got that one right. The image of disc golf matters. Let's make sure we present ourselves well and, uh, and follow all the, all the policies we need to follow. The next thing that we're going to say, oh, so we have a bunch of preview articles uh, regarding the Waco Charity Open. The Waco Charity Open starts tomorrow. It'll go live. The broadcast goes live at 4 o'clock Eastern every day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. This is a three-round tournament. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, four o'clock Eastern. Tune in. Tell your friends to tune in. Let's get the numbers up. We're going to have a lot of people watching Waco, which is really exciting. We also had three really cool product releases this week. Uh, MVP uh, put out a I think it's an atom, a neutron atom. And uh, if you would like to have a challenge with people in your family, try to spell neutron. Very difficult uh, unless you know how to spell it and it's easier. so the MVP Atom Neutron, this is the first time that it's been released in that material. And uh, MVP put a gorgeous stamp on it. You can go to our Facebook page or our store to see that. The other new releases this week, we uh, are obviously releasing the Zuka cart. And the, you, again, go to our Facebook page. We have the first, the first 100 uh, compact Zuka carts are available through our store. And all of the money goes to support the Pro Tour So if you want to support the Pro Tour and roll style, please go buy that Zuka card. And then thirdly, we just released, uh, I I guess they're called First Run, but it's the first time Discraft's ever made the ESP Glow Swirl Zone. Uh, It might be the first time they've ever made ESP Glow Swirl. So anyway, I think those two things are true. We only made 500 of them, and you can go to our website and buy those. And I'll say the MVP... And the, uh, and the Zone are selling like hotcakes, and uh, the, the Compact Zuka carts have been picking up steam the last week. Uh, so if you want to make sure to get those limited edition things, support the Pro Tour, and I say thank you from the bottom of my heart for everybody that buys those. Um, one other little bit of interesting news before we bring on Dixon Jowers. Dixon and I are going to have a, uh, the first ever Pro Tour Talk podcast debate, and we're going to debate foot faults, and whether they matter or not. And obviously we all know how I feel about this and that's gonna probably be the winning conversation, but we'll see. We'll see, I almost feel bad for Dixon, Um, but he will be playing the role of foil today and that's where we're gonna go. But one other thing that did happen, I think this came out yesterday, maybe today, March 14th. Hey, that's the same day as today. This came out today. Um, Over on World uh, on their disc golf page, Uh, Addie Maxwell, who might be on the podcast next week to discuss this, she put out an article about FPO media coverage. Uh, She said that we're not doing as good a job as we should be doing. Uh, I would take a little bit of uh, not offense. I would take I would just have a disagreement with that. Uh, we, We pointed out about six different goals that we have throughout this season. Um, for example, we're putting out a women's tent. We want to have more photos of the women. We want to have the women on the scoreboard. We want to have more conveniences for the women. For example, the women's tent and the uh, and and porta potties out on the course. The big one though is the media coverage, and uh, we want to have more media coverage of the FPO field and better media coverage. Last year, uh, I was actually doing a lot of the editing real time. And this year we have a professional editor, Terry Miller, who is doing the editing and putting it in the live broadcast. And then after the fact, he's actually putting out shot by shot coverage of the women's coverage. And from what I've seen, that has been very well well received. So those two things are both better and the shot by shot coverage is definitely more than we did last year. So I'd encourage you go out to, and read that article on Ulti World. One of our goals this year is to grow the women's side of the game uh addie's saying hey steve you're not doing a good enough job of it i'd love to know what you guys think because we really are trying to do a a very good job of it and uh next week we're going to hopefully have addie on and we'll have a really good conversation with her about what we can do and maybe what we can all do to help grow the women's side of the game because no matter which side you're coming at it from it's best to work together and make uh, make this whole thing work together with that uh i encourage you to go read that article and now, uh, I'm going to bring Dixon Jowers into the conversation. He will play the role of foil. Um, we are here to discuss foot faults real quick, and then, uh, maybe we'll bring in a special guest and see if they have any other extra comments or, you know, they could potentially be the mediator and tell us which of us have, have won the argument. Okay. So, I accept, uh, I accept your, your options, your demands. Round two, the, uh, the memorial. I think it was hole sixteen. Eleven. Eleven. It looked like hole sixteen. It wasn't the one up the hill. No. For sure, I've already won the argument. <laughs> You're not even familiar with the basic facts of the case. For the sake of for the sake of this argument, <laughs> just to sure. keep this thing going, right. moving along. So let's pretend it's hole eleven. Um, I'm a I'm a details guy. I don't know if you know that. Vista, can we agree on the park? Yeah, I agree, I agree on the part. Okay, right. and, uh, and let's go ahead and say let's pretend Ricky Wysaki has the disc. I think it's his second shot. Okay. And uh, let's pretend Nico's standing off left and two other guys are standing off right, maybe not paying full attention. Well, one, one was left, one was right. Right. So. Who's on first? <laughs> What's on second? All right. Nico was left. Third. KJ was left. Okay. And, and we didn't even get was right. to third base. Um, so, who's on third. I don't know. Uh, so and then Ricky's going to take his shot and it looked like it was maybe 150 to 200 feet and it's a pretty nice little flick And it's super duper easy. Do we agree on that? Uh,
2: probably 300 feet And a little more difficult because there there was an angle and he was throwing out over a bit I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the most simple up and down. It looked pretty simple to me
0: Hmm. How come you're not on that big (laughs) card, by the way? (laughs) I I mentioned my bum knee. Yeah, it's it's super bad. And your bum arm (laughs) That's not so good um so in my opinion for someone who is a, a, a top player in the game uh taking that shot from one foot back is not going to give that person a tremendous advantage okay uh if if he had thrown his disc one foot shorter i assume you agree he's going to nail that shot as as often as he from one foot that's okay. not a big deal when you're 250 out sure and i put an average of our defenses okay. so that works i assume you agree okay okay so bearing that in mind what what does it matter if his foot and i understand the rules and the technical aspects of it but in my opinion when i when i'm playing a game with my brother if if you if you're not breaking the rules on purpose and if you're not gaining an advantage then there's there's really no i'm okay with a small variation on the rules personally um because i understand you're not doing this on purpose and you're not gaining anything so it really is insignificant okay uh, this two feet away from the mark, is that an advantage? Uh, what's the situation? Same situation. I, I don't think that matters very much. Five feet. Five feet would matter. Okay.
2: So somewhere between two feet and five feet, you crossed the line. <laughs> yes, I okay. did. That's so that. what if yeah. Nico is, what if Nico says three feet matters, but you say three feet doesn't matter. This is why we need an outside arbitrator. This is why we need a rule book because it, it brings objectivity. to a subjective element, that's why it has to be followed. Um, because as the rules are laid out, and I, I do think people dismiss it and say, well, yeah, it's in the rule, book, but, but does it really matter? Well, then why don't I follow my putt? Why don't I go 10 feet in front of the tee box? Why don't I break that limb in my way? Because the rules say I can't do those things. All those seem um, much more egregious than this relatively minor infraction. But, but relative, you can't you can't have a rule that's based on a relative understanding of anything. Because your relative is different than my relative. That is the truth, right? I mean, look at our family pictures, right? <laughs> I mean, so it th- there has to be th- there has to be an outside standard. There has to be an arbiter besides the two people that are involved in the conflict.
0: I understand the point that you're making. Okay. Um, it, thank you. It, thank you for joining us. <laughs> and we'll see you next week on the Disc Golf Pro Tour podcast with Jake Dixon-Jowers. Um, it, it feels to me I, it really I understand you have to stand on the tee to take a tee shot okay. and I understand that you have to uh, you, you can't break off a limb okay. those those seem absolutely egregious what why does it matter if someone's 13 inches versus 12 inches okay. because somebody's gonna say the line the, the PDJ defined it's 12 inches or mm-hmm. I think that's what they said sure. is that what they said it's 11 okay. okay splitting here so you have enough problem with air splitting that we're hairs. Not gonna worry about <laughs> oh my god when it hairs. rains this is the worst <laughs> So um, uh, uh, the PDG is defined as 11 inches. And if I'm 12 inches behind, does it really, really matter? It seems like it doesn't matter much, if at all. Sure. OK, the
2: the one the one inch in and of itself, and it, technically it's 30 centimeters for, I'm sure there's somebody yelling and screaming. The book doesn't say 11 inches. Well, they're cent- probably yelling screaming. Yes. I golf
0: cough, cough, cough. It's something European like language.
2: Um, I don't understand what that means. Um, so the reason the reason that it makes a difference um, is because if you don't have to think about where you're putting your foot, that's that's an advantage. You are gaining an advantage by not paying attention to the rule if you're not having to worry about it. In this particular situation, um, Ricky was not aware that he was foot faulting. Nico was aware. Okay. So by Ricky not having to think about that, Nico is focusing on it. Johnny and KJ were not focusing on it. So it's it's all elements of the game that's being played that some people are are um, spending mental effort to focus on it and some people are not. And that's why it has to be avoided because you don't know if so. Maybe he is just six inches out. Maybe he's doing it on purpose. Maybe he's not. And this is just
0: generic person. I, at this I'm going to stop you there. Okay. Um i agree with your point and and the reason i agree is because you you need to it 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 would be an advantage to Mm -hmm. not to say okay my disc is there and i can throw from anywhere in this you know anywhere in this general area is fine Mm -hmm. that would be a significant advantage to not not even think about it right um it it is also a rules infraction you're there there's a you know there's a point Mm -hmm. and the pdga defined it and then you get to that slippery slope because obviously 40 feet back is a it may be an advantage sure. of going around something. So, and rather than have that slippery slope, you, you have to define it somewhere. And if it's okay to be four inches outside and nobody's going to call it,
2: what other rules am I okay with fudging? Exactly. and Like, and, that's the whole point of a rule book is to set out standards.
0: I fully agree with the point of uh, of you have to be cognizant of the rule and then you have to pay attention to the rule. And that is one extra thing your brain has to do. Right. And so in that regard, there actually is is an advantage to not paying attention to that at all. So I I actually do. I do agree with what you're saying. And that'll be it for the podcast this week, guys. Thank you very much (laughs) for joining in. Um, Do you want to know while we're while we while I have you here before we bring on our extra guest and you maybe maybe won this argument. I'm not sure. We'll have to go back and walk over the tape. Um, I don't remember who you picked to win the memorial. How did that go? uh you mean fantasy yeah no 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 just you and i are bad
2: i picked paul this okay. is this is probably where you got your idea for two versus the field because that's i was exactly doing right. one version you, you clearly needed somebody else well yes <laughs> but i still i still stand by that was the smart money pick going into the event and i'll stand by the field was. well and th- and that's fine right but i don't i don't think it was uh i don't think it was a bad pick i'm just gonna say like
0: uh steak and potatoes is what i'm Okay. I'm, okay, I'm sure there's a gas station
2: around here somewhere that's serves <laughs> steak and a
0: potato. So on that, I think we're ready to bring in our special guest. Okay. And we're going to see, I'm going to switch chairs, and we'll let our special guest sit in here. Put him in the hot seat. This is all oh, we got three people here.
1: That's Look right. at
0: that. This is the first first time ever. Last week was the first time ever I ever had three people on the podcast, okay. and we were all over the world, and this is the first time I had three people ever in one area. That's cool. Yeah. So trends
2: moving on up. Yeah. So
0: so Ricky, I wanted to ask you and I thank you very much for being here. Yeah. Um we had a quick little discussion and uh and I was arguing that it does matter. The, the foot faulting does matter. And I don't remember what Dixon was arguing. Um which which side of the argument were you on? Do you remember? The winning side, I the winning believe. So <laughs> that was on. So in your opinion, let's just ask the straight up question. We we can get into the details of the actual thing, but in your opinion, does is, is Dixon right about this whole does is foot
1: voting a significant issue? Um, I'm I mean it, it is. I think I, I'm kind of I'm on the border of both. I mean so I'm not really going to answer the question completely, but as a player, it's just it's 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 a type of thing where, like Dixon said earlier, it's some people are you know looking for it and some people are not. It's just you know, some people spend their energy looking for it and some don't. So if you're if you're in a situation like I was where someone calls you, you're basically not all the time, but a lot of the time you're at the mercy of the other players, right? Because you can't a lot of times you can't actually tell if you did or not. In my case, it was a little bit more extreme. But most cases it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be two, three feet. It's going to be, you know, a couple inches here and there. Right. So it's like you, you don't know at the time. And so you're at the mercy of the other two players paying attention. If they're not, then it's it's you can't second something if you can't see it in real time. Right. And a lot
0: of times you can't. When when the PDGA first made this rule change, I, I personally thought it was a bad rule change because I didn't understand the way that the rule was sometimes being utilized as an advantage, saying, oh, if someone's missing a putt, you you can just foot fault them and then they can get, take it over if you're on the same team or something mm-hmm. You're rooting for someone and happen to be on the same card. Um and in in retrospect, I actually think I've come to the other side. I actually think it was
1: a good rule change. Um, what is your opinion of this rule change? Um, I, I I like it. I mean, and I was in my case, I wasn't aware of it at the time, but I do I do like it. I think that you know it gives a little bit more leeway with the the box kind of yeah. thing that they they've come up with. And I and but I still think you run into the situation of you know with the exact you know if you're I think it was it four inches on each side, four by yeah. twelve yeah, or four yeah, by eight 11.
2: by eight by eleven. Okay.
1: So yeah, if you're nine inches, so the width of a the disc, disc. There's it's, it's basically like a
2: sheet of paper behind the disc. Okay. It's, it, okay. It's, and it's twenty yeah. centimeters by thirty centimeters. I think that's pretty sure that's pretty close to eight by eleven. The sheet of paper is eight and a half by. Yeah. 11. Okay.
1: As a as a top player in in playing in the situations where this can possibly occur. If if it's not if it's not super serious, like mine was, you know, looking at the video and, and seeing afterwards, it was pretty a lot more serious right. than, than than I had known. But so a lot of times it's not going to be that serious. So it's as a player, we're not going to if you're, you know, this. I know for me, if it's you know just a smidge off, I'm not going to just oh foot, you know football. Right. And even even if I did, the other players probably to oh, second it because it's like it's so close. It's like you know obviously it depends on the player, but but yeah. So I think it just still comes down. There's going to be there's still a gray area there. And there as, is, a, as there far is. as, you know, being a official, like you never can tell as far as, you know, the box. Whether you're in the box, if you know, some person says you touched it, some, you know, some said you didn't. Yeah,
2: I feel what the rule change is, is all they did is, is they moved out the area where you could fudge the numbers, basically. Instead right. of having to be right behind the middle of the disc, if somebody was two inches off, it was a footfall. Well, now you're just two inches more off. And really... I don't think this is going to solve the problem because it seemed like this was a reaction to everybody saying there's so many footfalls happening somebody needs to take it serious pdj needs to do something about this and so they 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 made this larger box i think as in an attempt to um, make it so it's not as big of an issue however if somebody's 2 inches outside the paper people still aren't going to call that and so now it's just over the course of time we're going to it's going to start okay. bleeding right. wider and wider um, so, I mean, I don't know if it's solved the issue. I do like, if it's seconded, I do like the immediate stroke um, because I don't think you know people say, well, that could get abused. I don't think we have a, a pair of just people that are willing to egregiously break the rules and stroke a player. I don't think we have a whole lot of those guys running around, especially teaming up on a right. card in order to right. get a guy. I trust the integrity of the professional players
0: to not do that sort of stuff. Um, so, and, and if that sort of stuff did happen, it, it would be very obvious, and especially at this level, and right. the world would just would just dump on them.
2: Yeah. I mean, now, maybe this is happening on the third card of an advanced you know, tournament, some B tier. I don't know. I mean, because the rule <laughs> the rule applies to the lead card of Disc Golf Pro Tour event, and it applies to the eighth card intermediate. Right, The, the, yeah, hat, exactly.
0: the Hatfield brothers are attacking the McCoy. Right, <laughs> right.
2: Um, so Sorry, actually, Kevin. yeah, yeah, Coda and Kevin, that was the greatest doubles team ever because it was the Hatfields and McCoys. It's um, so it, it's, it, it applies to everybody, and, and we're just going to have to wait and see and play out the tournaments over the course of the year to see if this is an issue. I haven't heard any stories about a guy and his doubles partner on a card together, and they stroke sure. some guy, and the other guy God, totally disagreed. Right. I haven't heard that, and I don't expect to hear that. Um, but it's still out there. So, I mean, we can fall off on that side. Previously, you could fall off on guys literally falling off their putt in order to save a stroke. So, I mean, right. you can always find advantage within the rules to, to bend them a little bit f- to, to benefit your score. Hopefully, that's not going to happen
0: with this. So, what you said earlier, Ricky, that you weren't aware of the rule. And I think that might be a little misnomer. I think you were aware of the rule, but there was a part of the rule you weren't aware of. Yeah. You were aware of the change, Yeah, but you weren't aware of one Sir, part of Yeah, yeah, so I, I'll let you touch on
1: that. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. So yeah, basically what you know with Nico calling me on the footfall and obviously looking at the video, it was outside of that box clearly and at the time, whether I knew it, about it or not, it didn't matter. I would have had the same result because I didn't know that I could second it myself. Yeah, so it didn't matter at the time. I couldn't really tell I was walking around after I threw I didn't really actually know if I did or not. So even if I did, I, I still wouldn't have seconded it right. because I didn't know that I could. Exactly. So it's my fault for not knowing that rule. Not saying that it makes it okay. It's still, it's still my fault. That I didn't know the rule that that I could second it. So, once again, we were at the mercy of Johnny and and uh, KJ. KJ at the yeah. time being able to second it because I wasn't. I wouldn't have at the time if I knew the rule either way. So, like I said earlier, it kind of falls in the mercy of the other two players calling it and seconding it. Right, and so um,
0: rats. I had a thought, <laughs> but the other thought that I had was, do you agree it was hole sixteen,
1: not hole eleven? Disagree. It's hole 11. Yeah. <laughs> you, what do <are> you <laughs> pay <paying> attention? <laughs> right? Well, first of all, 16 is a part three. So I was on my second it, shot. You agreed on it. For me, it was a part four. Oh, okay. 16, <laughs> 16 is the giant slope from yeah, the sidewalk. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So that
0: just to get it to and that, it's a par three. I try yes. to get it to those. Let <laughs> so me just work through the numbers here. This, is a this was the second
2: happened. shot that he was throwing two hundred fifty feet. <laughs> yeah. Are you saying he got hundred feet right. off
0: the box? It was it was very odd. I, I didn't know what he was doing there. He's <laughs> just like, I guess just, you know, he's gonna hit a long putt. Right. Oh. Um, it does. Watching the, the shot in my mind, it does look like maybe it was a different hole than six. So maybe I'll, I'll concede that point.
1: That's good. Also. How gracious of you! Changed his mind after not even seeing the video. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever.
0: No, I, I did see the video, but oh, I remember okay. your shot. It was a wide yeah, flick uh-huh. yeah, where it didn't matter if you're another foot or two so behind the mark.
2: Some would say, uh, some,
0: yeah. <laughs> and I don't say that anymore because I'm guessing that when you took that shot, you were thinking more about the shot than the placement of your foot. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, and, it was kind of a combination of things. And, I
0: mean, and yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say that that was an inadvertent advantage that you were gaining. Yep. So yes.
1: Um, yeah, I mean that specific shot. It was basically what was going through my mind is I was, I was in between a run up and a standstill shot because, like Dixon said, it was 200, 250, 300, whatever the distance. I think it was between two fifty and three hundred was how far the shot was. So for me, that's a distance where I sometimes run up and sometimes stand still. So in my head, I was doing a run up, and in my and physically, I was just doing a standstill. So it was kind of like a combination of two. So that's why I was so ended up so far back, and. And just to clarify, why you know, cause people are like, "Oh, how could you possibly do that?" You know, like they're saying, "Like I'm the worst person ever for doing that." But that's <laughs> if you want to know the truth, that's the truth that I was basically in between a run up and not in a standstill, and that's why I was so far away. So
0: you had you hadn't committed to your, yep, to before. your side. yeah before Yeah,
1: that's interesting. Yeah, um,
0: I know as a as not a very good player, I sometimes do that. Right. But <laughs> I didn't know that you yep. other humans. Did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Ricky, uh, two, two versus the field. I'm going to go ahead and put you on the spot. Okay. Um, so would you take yourself and Paul versus the field to win? This week, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Would you also take uh, Simon and James Conrad versus the field?
1: No. Okay.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> seems yeah. like you can't do both. Yeah, no. And it's interestingly worse. enough, the numbers did almost mirror each other. Or okay. People thought 55-45 for the numbers. Yeah, okay on cool. both ways So that's cool. I
1: like the way that's a cool topic to talk about
0: and what that means basically is four versus the field is almost a hundred percent one of you four Okay, so wow that just just so using using crazy. logic yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I don't know what we should have that was should be the a four versus the field should be the other poll.
1: Yeah, see what the numbers spread is. Yeah, hmm. so Interesting. I don't
0: I, I wasn't prepared for this question
2: um, however In looking at, this is a topic we touched on on my podcast a couple of weeks ago, um, going into Las Vegas, looking at the Disc Golf Pro Tour, Disc Golf World Tour, National Tours, and majors over the last two years, I believe it was, there was 49 events uh, that fell into one of those categories. Ricky or Paul was in the top three of 48 out of 49 (laughs) <laughs> all but one all but, but one. one and the Wait. one that wasn't was vibrant was well, i was going to say won. yeah because wow. you got fourth uh-huh. and he got and, and, that, and the one that they weren't in the top three one of them was fourth and, yeah almost <laughs> 12. 12th, right. um, yeah.
0: Wow. so and i, and I want to say
2: that it was it was well over half that, that that one of the two of them won um so
0: 48 out of 49 top the three.
2: the the idea that and it, and it just goes down at in any individual course it may be it may not work out for the sure, percentages sure. but on the whole you should always take Ricky and Paul against the field always <laughs> and it's not even close you should always do that
0: well, the, the people disagree this weekend. And yeah. that to me you know is what, else what the, makes the
2: sport awesome. Right Las, Las Vegas has giant buildings
0: because the people disagree.
1: <laughs> that so is hilarious. It, True. It,
2: That's it, so it, funny. Lots of people disagree. So you're the does bookie. Not, right now. Does not mean that they are right. You it know just that. means that they disagree.
1: Speaking from a bookie's perspective, it sounds sure. like. Sure. <laughs> You'll I'll, I'll, I'll I'll take the percentages. Lay bets. That's yeah. will okay. we'll take that. yes.
0: That's funny. And uh, we maybe we'll do that again this week and we'll let people know how we did. Okay. <laughs> I'm fine
1: with that. Okay. He's going to start his own Vegas. That's Slowly but surely. Versus
0: the field, you'll take Ricky and Paul? Yes. Okay.
2: And I'll go ahead and take and side I'll you. take a, a blank check for the rest of the events of the year, <laughs> assuming neither one of them is injured. Okay. <laughs>
0: On the whole,
2: I, I promise I will come out ahead by the end of the year. I promise at any individual event, I, I might lose, but I promise <laughs> at the end of the year, now, I'm gonna I will say, have more steak and potatoes in my belly than you will.
0: <laughs> That's not... That's all because I'm buying doesn't mean you get more steak. Yeah. <laughs> it just means you get more free steak. Okay, um, But I will say that at the events, it's not always going to be Ricky or Paul. Uh, I, I did that because, in my opinion, I think right now, people... Number one, James is known as a Woods player. Mm-hmm. And number two, Simon's coming off the win. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to play off of that that emotional bond that people have with, uh, what is it, recency bias? Okay. Yep. So I played off of that. And logically, you're 100% accurate. They have your sentence, please. Hey, the library is closing. <laughs> in yeah, half normalcy an hour. bias, right? Normalcy. So that beat? Without
2: the the, yeah, don't use the word t- term it's, recency it's, bias. Well, it's the hot hand fallacy. Right. So, is what it is. The guy's made nine free throws in a row. Of course, he's going to make the 10th. Right. Tenth yeah. right. No, if he's a 60% free throw shooter, the law of averages will work out. Mm-hmm. Although that would have worked on the third through eighth free throws. that did That's why. Okay, so the roulette table at Vegas what, used no- to be just a roulette table. And then they put that number board that shows oh, the right, last 20 right. rolls. The recency bias, absolutely. It, it's, it's the hot hand because right. they say, well, it's, it's been red 10 times in a row. Of right. course it's going to be black. black right? No, it's not. That's not the odds of the no, game. It's going to yeah. be double zero. Yeah, You're going to lose no anything. matter what you do. But <laughs> when they put that board up, betting on, on roulette skyrocketed because people thought they could predict based off of the previous one. Right, right. And it doesn't work that way. Right.
0: So, yes, Simon played great in, at the Memorial. And he played good here last year. So the, the reason I said that was because next next event, the two for two versus the field is not going to be Ricky and Paul it, It's going to be based yeah. on what happens and what's the developing model.
2: Sure. So. Well, I think you could always say on one side, Ricky and Paul versus the
0: field and then two other guys versus the field. Yeah. You could always set that up. Yeah. And, um, and maybe maybe we will. But if Ricky or Paul wins here, I, I think what we want to do is say Ricky and, and somebody else. And then Paul and somebody else. previous
1: winner or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we'll
2: have to see how it goes. The only reason that it's 55-45 right now is because people forget that Ricky and Paul are Ricky and Paul. Oh well, oh well, this is the year of the Eagle and Simon finally won. Oh, everybody's going to take over. No, I mean that's just that's not that's not how it works right now. Until that is it how it happens. That until is how it works right now. While.
0: It's been Eagle and Simon so far. That yes. is how it works right now.
2: Right and. I think Paul and Ricky, uh, probably would agree, had two bad tournaments. And they both still finished in the top seven of both events. And both of them want to poop on their their tournament performance. (laughs) I mean, like, they are, Simon and Eagle are like, man, we played great. And the two best golfers in the world played terrible. And they were still within striking distance.
0: How often when you win a tournament, and we're way off topic here, and the library closes in 20 minutes. But how often when you win a tournament, do you go home and think to yourself I should have won by 12 um, do, you, do you often think you could have won by a lot more yeah I mean more? I do
1: I, I definitely do I mean it just depends on the event some events more than others some it depends on how others are playing too some some events I feel like you know if I win by one it's the best like in Australia Me and Eagle played so good that oh right I won by one but so I don't think I could have won, even possibly won by 12. Some events I'll, I'll win by eight and I could have been like oh I could have won by 12. Yeah. So it's just it all depends on how you know other people are playing and how they're pushing you uh and how like i said that that all determines whether i think i can you know win by more sometimes there's it's not even a possibility based right. on the course and the performance of someone else uh, but yeah certain events i do so we we
0: were talking i guess terry was talking to simon and asked him about uh the memorial and simon said i played well uh, but it seemed like i got lucky and it seemed like other people got unlucky which was a really interesting like I, i've won a handful of tournaments in my life and i've never gone home thinking Wow, I got lucky and everybody else got unlucky. I've never I've never yeah. thought that. Yeah. I've, I've always gone home thinking I should have won by four right. instead of one. Yeah. Um, and so it was interesting to hear Simon say that. And, yeah. And I guess you feel that way sometimes. And other times you you think you could have done better.
1: Yeah. I mean, sometimes you'll play it'll feel like you're playing awful for you know, the top players will be like, Oh wow, I didn't play very good. You won the tournament. People are like, Oh, why are you so mad? Or you birdied a hole, you know, you know, when you, you threw a horrible, it feels like we threw a horrible shot because you just barely missed our shot. We're so fine-tuned. Athletes that you know, if we miss a shot by a little bit, we're frustrated. We may have gotten up there for a pot, we may be parked because of a certain result, but we didn't actually get the result out of our hand that we were looking for. Right. So that's what people don't understand is, you know, like, oh, you're just, you know, you're you're just being a dick because you you didn't throw the right shot, but you got right under the basket. But it's like we're we want to throw the same shot every time that we can exactly. control. If it bounces off two three trees, that's not that's not consistent. Right. So that's a kind of a variable that a lot of people don't understand. It's like yeah you, you sometimes you win a tournament and it feels great and you kill everyone sometimes you win by one and it feels like you played awful sometimes you win by 10 and you feel feel like you played played great so it's just it's just so the variance is different as far as the emotion when you win there's so many different ways to win and that's and that's what really is is great about it is you can you know be an athlete there's there's so many different ways to do it and and everyone's different right
2: okay, so i want to ask you about a particular hole that you were upset with um, if you can, if you can have the perspective now that I'm far enough away from it to appreciate it. Okay. Hole five at the beast, final round last year. Okay. Um, you tried to go over the top oh, because right. at this point you needed like eagle birdie yeah. in order to tie. Uh-huh. Try to go over the top. You went over and you moved up about a hundred feet. If you guys haven't seen this, go look at the coverage Seriously. from last year. <laughs> I think it's the best shot of the year. You got up and down right. from 80 feet off the box. Yeah. It's an impossible up and down.
1: Yeah, pretty pretty much. Yeah.
2: The best golfers in the
1: world look at that
2: and say that it's not happening.
1: Yeah. But you were upset.
2: You, and what, you, <laughs> yeah. threw, you threw that sky roll. Right. You landed in bounds. Mm-hmm. You hit a fifty footer or so for the four, and we're
0: upset. Yeah,
2: I mean, can you can you appreciate now? <laughs> oh wait a minute! How He was upset was.
0: about the four. Right, yeah. because he,
2: he couldn't win the okay. tournament. I okay. said so right. you
0: were upset so about, about. Oh, that's okay because you different to. He not yeah, yeah. to get the eagle. Okay.
2: So Thank you. It, it didn't work. <laughs> Okay, now you have to settle for what you third last year. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, right around yeah.
2: Um, So, like, can you appreciate now that that was a ridiculous up and down?
1: Yeah, I mean, now that I'm not having you know in the heat of the moment, yeah, I definitely look back and some people post videos or comments. I'm like, wow, I really did that. That's crazy. And because, but at the time, I was you know I failed. I was I was trying to throw a shot. It failed. I was trying to win the tournament. I still felt like if I executed perfectly, I could do that. And as as an athlete that i feel like i can i can throw shots like that and, and i can do it so when i didn't do it that's when i was mad so i wasn't worried about the result of course i was you know deep down i was glad i threw the good shot but i was still frustrated about the, the shot that i didn't 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 capitalize on before that so the healing moment i was you know that's why i was mad i was mad because i didn't capitalize on the shot i wasn't mad that i threw it way over the trees and threw a great shot to get it yeah. To get a par save, I was mad because of the because I didn't have a chance to win. I was basically it was over for me, and so that's weird. why I was mad. So are you
2: going to try the sky roller off the box this <laughs> no, year? Right, <laughs> instead of
1: 80 feet <laughs> off. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, absolutely not. I, I learned the, I learned the easy way. Let's say it that way because I got a par. <laughs> yeah, <You said laughs> I right. learned the easy way. Yeah.
0: So uh, in closing, I have I have one final question for you for you. I don't know if Dixon has one more or not. But uh, a lot was made about Eagle and Simon going to the Alps or somewhere and just running up and down the mountain 20 times each day and only eating protein or only eating vegetables, whichever they wanted. <laughs> um, They So they did a lot of training and people focused on that and said, that's why they're going to do great. I assume, like me, you took the winter and just ate ice cream <laughs> and gained 10 pounds really easily and didn't do anything. And that's why you had a slow start so far. Absolutely not. Nope. Yeah. No, you're while. disagreeing with me again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. right. Am I supposed I to do agree. that? Over I'm degree. on your show. Is that right? Because I've already disagreed with you so many times. So I'm, I'm gonna topics. do it
2: again. Yeah. Do it again. So,
1: what did you do over the winter? I worked with uh Seth from Disc Golf Strong. He's actually a master guy. He's uh, worked with uh that NHL players, uh, basically the top level athletes of their right. sport, and so he's he knows what he's doing. He knows. A lot of different methods to to train and fine-tune athletes like he did with him when he was working for the NHL so he's got uh, probably the best background of anyone I've ever worked with as a trainer and so I I did a lot of uh, we actually use an app to where he'll send certain workouts and I'll I'll go I'll do them and every day he'll refresh them but it's a lot of a lot of uh, ground workouts where you're holding a certain exercise where like you're doing band workouts but you're also working out with your core so you're, you're holding it's a lot with your feet so basically a lot of the workouts are on the ground so you're, so you're holding, stabilizing your core while also doing a, say, a lat pull kind of with the band. So you're you're, you're stabilizing wow. on the ground with your knees. So you're holding this and doing this at the same time so your abs yeah. are engaging and you're also working out this part. So, and I was doing a lot of, a lot of band resistance exercises. Simon and Eagle were doing a, a little bit different exercises. They were doing like balancing and, and, um, which is okay. I mean. And not knocking it, but it's just a different style of exercise, right. totally right. different. I mean, there's different. Uh, I don't know if that applies, you know. There, there's different. Not. I'm like, I don't want to slam their type of exercise because obviously they did good. So I'm gonna stop talking. <laughs> it worked for them. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was great for the, for what they were looking right. for. But but yeah. So it's a little bit different. But like I said, he gave me exercises. I did them, and I did that for about two or three months. And and a lot of them were s- specific to disc golf. So that's what I – like certain movements with resistance bands and a lot of the muscles that fast twitch muscles, you know, using the resistance bands to build that up. And so there's a lot of different things that I did like that. Did a lot of cardio running, of course, and playing, but, but I did a lot more extra, probably the most off season workouts. And, and just because I had two bad tournaments doesn't mean it's all went to crap, it's, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, it happens in know, and. And so, you know, I'm still glad that I did it. I think it'll still pay off throughout the whole season. Of course. And the
0: the reason I asked the question, obviously, I knew you didn't just eat ice cream. Yeah, I know. (laughs) The the reason I asked the question is just to point out that the sport has significantly evolved in the last three to five years, where instead of taking the winter off legitimately, uh, and then like in baseball in the 70s, when spring training was to get you back in shape. And now everybody's just in shape all the time because we're elite athletes, not Mm we yeah maybe you <laughs> one, 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 yeah one. <laughs> we are elite, that elite, elite athletes and we need to be in shape all the time we can't afford to try to get back in shape a month before the season and that's your time to strengthen
1: yep, and, and it improve is.
0: uh and you're just leaving everybody else farther and farther behind if they don't do that and that for me is exciting because we're taking the sport more seriously
1: yeah, no, totally. I think the off season is you know basically the start of a different season as a yeah. workout training right. season. You know, there's a disc golf season and there's a training season. Right. The off season is the training part. Uh, I, I don't I don't do as much training physically in the off you know, during the season because I you know I practice so much and I don't want to be sore and and all that. But I still do light light stuff. But I don't do nearly as much as in the winter. The winter is where you kind of I feel like you build up you build your Bases and then they'll get ready for the season. Do you work with Seth at Disc Golf Strong throughout the year during the um, season? Yeah, I mean he'll he'll he's at a lot of the tournaments. I use a lot of his stretching routines and methods uh, to before rounds. He has an actual video you can check him out on YouTube. Yeah, he's got you know, I'm sure everyone's seen him by now, but he's got stretching routines where you you know specific to disc golf, working out. He's got over your head. I'm sure the halos everyone sees all these people doing all these weird exercises, but there's a method to the madness. Absolutely. And he's uh he's got it down. He's I feel really comfortable with him. He, he's very knowledgeable. He's not just a trainer that tells you to do an exercise. He tells you what it does and how, you know, like I was able to explain to you a certain exercise by holding the st- stabilizing your core while doing that. I would have never been able to tell you that. I would have just done the exercise and, and been called it a day. Exactly. So he's very knowledgeable. He tells you what you're doing and why you're doing it and how it pertains to this golf and helps what it's doing to, to do to, to benefit you. So he's very knowledgeable. He's going to be at a lot of events. So if you guys want to check him out, he's uh, really open to help a lot of people. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you, Ricky. Yeah, you're welcome.
0: Thanks, guys. Great to have you on. Yeah, thanks, right. Yep. Yeah. All right, everybody. So that was Dixon Jowers, who uh, learned a little lesson about arguing with me. And uh, that was we also did uh, did we saw Ricky Wysocki the current world champion, uh, two time world champion, current like in a row. Yep. That's just amazing. Yep.
1: That's amazing right? that what adult? are
0: the <laughs> What are the odds of that? Yeah, I know. Like even, I mean, even if you're really good, that's still unlikely.
1: Yeah. <laughs> or or is it is. Biased work that time. It did, did work
0: that time. I <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if we can keep that going. <laughs>
1: yep.
0: Uh, someone wrote the champ. That's the the last comment here, okay, cool. and I it's uh, I'm on the screen.
1: Oh, nice. So, You're the champ of the, uh, tournament, you, the, the <laughs> tournament directing team. <laughs> I'm not going to go that far.
0: <laughs> people have seen me in action. They thought, No, that's not true. All <laughs> right. So reading through these, these uh, comments right here, um, I'm just saying sports is still sports. No one calls themselves on fouls in any, in any sport. Uh, Disc golf nerd, I'm going to go ahead and just say I disagree with you, and I would bet that because of what just happened, I personally believe we're going to see more people – being willing to say, yes, I did do that. Um, I, I believe Ricky, he's, he's n- nodding up and down. Yeah, is that a nod? I, am, yeah. <laughs> I don't nod and shake, get me confused. Yeah. So uh, he's nodding his head. Yes. Um, I think part of the great thing about disc golf is we have a great disc golf culture and people would much rather be, uh, be on the right side of history and be good in culture in, in our culture than gain a one stroke advantage. Uh, and plus if, if I didn't call myself on that and I knew I could. And at this point, I think we all know that we can. That's a, it's been a great learning experience uh, that would totally destroy my karma for the rest of the round. So because because I would be thinking about that. So disc golf nerd, I, I'm going to go ahead and adamantly disagree with you. And maybe you can come on next week and be my foil, just like Dixon was <laughs> um, chasing the bees. I think Ricky is fibbing. Oh, I think Ricky is fibbing about not knowing in the moment. I agree with this governor. No one's going to call it on themselves. Um, Chasing the bees. I guess you're going to have to come on and argue with Ricky about that Um, because I talked to Ricky right after the event and he did not know the rule at that time. And I do believe what he is saying is real. So this is going to be fun. I'm just going to disagree with every comment on here. (laughs) I hope hope somebody I hope I hope somebody says that we have plenty of FPO coverage because I'll disagree with that too. people make mistakes uh but have the incredi- integrity to admit a mistake i think i think actually ricky has admitted that he made the mistake and we're all we're all good on that um so oh, we got 15 minutes uh interesting that last year's winner this is from disc golf guy big germ isn't even in the conversation as a repeat winner a hundred percent correct terry that is very interesting and uh and i expect big germ to make more noise than anybody's Anybody else is expecting. I look for him to make an easy top 10 finish, hopefully, top three. I want to see him on the podium. Will Nico second a 30 second violation on himself? <laughs> that's, <laughs> would do you have to second that?
1: I don't think so. I don't know. I, wait,
0: I Ricky doesn't know that yeah, rule. <laughs> yeah. Well, I
1: think, I think that it's a first one's a courtesy, I believe. And then after that is, when you yeah, I think that's right. Three. Yeah. So somebody, somebody can
0: call know. it. And that, and Anise, and that's a very funny joke i to, suppose
2: to to, i found my numbers 37 out of the 49 events that fell into that category were won by ricky or paul
0: were won by them one and 48 me. out of 49 were of the they were in top, top three. three so 70 76 wow. of the time one of
2: them won okay. one of them one of the highest level events over the last three
0: years now can i say that that's just a recency bias of yours because <laughs> that's just what happened over the last couple of years
1: <laughs> so uh, um, you can, you can say that again, exactly yeah.
0: Yeah. At some point, That's it becomes saying,
1: black, 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 it's going to be black and red again, right? At some point, it becomes real. No, no, it's not the same.
2: In, in 2017, Paul was outside of the top two four times. Okay. So just you don't even have to say Ricky and Paul. You can just say Paul. You could just and say only Paul. only four of those times. And all four of those times, he was in the top two when Paul was not. <laughs> so
0: uh the other thing that i'll say and we're getting ready to close her down um last week i did see a couple people asked about vibram and they wanted me to comment on uh vibram's exodus from the sport and uh I, i know i don't know much more than many other people um I know that Vibram uh, at the beginning of the season was not, or the end of last season was not interested in uh, sponsoring the Vibram open again. They were not interested in spending more money uh, in, in the disc golf pro tour. And my guess is it, it seems obvious at that point that they kind of, they were retracting and they knew that this might come up. Uh, so if you are a rubberhead, go out there and collect some rubber. Uh, there's, there's lots of discs still available. And I, uh, in my opinion, they make some pretty great discs. Uh, the, the lace, the first time I threw the lace and I got it over 400 feet, I was very, very excited. So uh, that that made my day. I hadn't been able to do that for, for four or five years. So they, they've got a really nice distance driver. I'll say that it's a shame that it's not going to be produced anymore. Um, if anybody has any specific comments about Vibram uh, and wants me to address them on next week's Pro Tour Talks, sh- shoot me an email. Steven at DGPT.com. And I'll be happy to address them directly. But um, as far as I'm leaving the game, I'm sorry that they did it. They're a really, really big company. Uh, they're they're probably bigger than the sport of disc golf combined. Uh, that that's how big Vibram is. And for them to be in disc golf, uh, it was it was just such a small aspect of their business. They really couldn't concentrate on it because uh, you know when the Australian government says we need three million pair of shoes, that's that's going to take precedence. So anyway uh that is right i would i would say okay we'll make those rent will the the thousand summits you want I'm are going to be put on right. I'm, I'm, I'm with right. you okay I'd like, to, I'd
2: like to hear the story of why the australian government wanted three million
0: purchases. i don't know exactly how many shoes they needed but it was a uh, souls they needed but it was a lot there's a lot more than i was selling summits i'll say that much <laughs> uh, so anyway i'm sorry to the guy whose summit order got delayed that week uh, for probably a month Thank you very much for watching. Let's keep growing the sport.